Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Holy cow, my bracket. Here's how hard this is. Here's how hard it is. I entered a survivor pool. Yeah. And you can re-enter on day two, like if you mess up. So yeah, that's you pick, how they get you. So here's the thing, right? You pick two teams on day one and two teams on day two. And then after that, it's like one team. Well, day one, I messed up, picked Tennessee. I'm out. So to get back in, you got to pick four teams to then get back in and on, on the wave. Okay. Okay? Yep. Well, I picked four teams, correct, on day two. Yeah. And I think I picked... Yesterday's correct? No, no, I lost yesterday. Oklahoma State. I need to pick one. Mm-hmm. I pick Oklahoma State. They lose. So today I try to pick. I have to pick four more to re-enter for a third time. Yeah. Iowa gets blasted. There you go, man. I mean, it, you hate to see it. I was in. I, was, I I saw this other pool. It's done by three days in. The survivor pool's done. Yeah. Yeah. I bet most of them are. It's March Madness, man. I mean, it Catch might, it. This might be. Uh, we're going to have recency bias here and say this is like the greatest whatever. Yeah. We haven't had a buzzer beater. Yeah. But other than that, don't we have everything in, in March Madness so far in the first week? We haven't even made it through the fourth day. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. It's insane. To man. what's going on. And and it makes you wonder, did they just not know, kind of what Matthew Driscoll told us last week, mm-hmm. did they just not know where to seed some of these teams? Like, did they really not have a good grip on who was good and where they should be? Because, heck, Loyola, Chicago doesn't look like an 8 seed, do they? No, Syracuse obviously just gets in. They're an 11 seed. They're playing excellent. I mean, heck, Oral Roberts doesn't look like a 15 seed. Yeah. So uh, some of it's magic. But when you have this many upsets and some of these big guys going down, I mean, Illinois was so good all year. Oh, yeah, I had them winning it. So that made my bracket pretty easy to just throw in the trash. Here's the deal, too. You know what's crazy about it? It, this is why I'd say, like Ty and I were talking about it yesterday. Sometimes you get lucky and you win, right? You hit, mm-hmm. Like, see, Abilene Christian beat Texas and knocked out my bracket, mm-hmm. but they got kind of lucky. They they shot thirty percent from the field. They shot nineteen percent from three point land. And if you watch that game, they hit three prayer shots. Like, they went off the backboard and in, and they ended up winning by one or whatever it was, a couple. So, mm-hmm. like, they needed everything to go right. That's one of those games where you're like. Okay, that's Cinderella dancing. Sure. Like, and I'm convinced, and I think Abilene plays today against Houston. I'm convinced Abilene Christian's going to get pummeled today. Like, that was their moment. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so maybe I'm wrong. I mean, wrong, you say but, that, but yeah, I know. that's crazy. Yeah. But then you get to teams like Loyola, mm-hmm. who front to back just whooped up on Illinois. Yeah. Like, they never even let them have a chance to breathe. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have Oregon today, front to back, just whooped Iowa. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of that going on, like with these seeds. I mean, Rutgers I should have won that game. They actually were winning that game the most of the way until late over Houston. Uh, so I think when you have those kind of games, where, like it's one thing to pull an upset and you have a little magic at the end or you hit some shots that are crazy. I think it's a totally different thing when you like beat a team for 40 minutes and like they weren't even close really and you beat them by like double digits, you're kind of better than them. That's like a little bit more than an off night. Yeah, yeah. You know, when sure. you're talking 14 versus a three seed, that's a little. Again, you can get away with your C game usually and win that game. Sometimes, yeah. In most yeah. tournaments. Yeah, yeah. Not this year, it doesn't seem like. No, that's why the is, seeding seems wacky. This has just been. It's been the anomaly of all anomalies this year of how they've ranked. 
um, these teams. And, and to be fair, I mean, I think the committee really didn't have a choice because when you play within your conference, like I can sit here and say, yeah, I think the Big Ten is better than the NBC. Or I can sit here and say, I think probably the Pac-12 is better than the OVC. But sometimes we don't know that because we just get accustomed to, you know, what makes us feel comfortable. Now, like, am I sitting here to say, is Loyola going to be a Final Four team? I have no idea. I think they're playing good basketball right now. I think they got in the tournament playing good basketball. And that was one of the things that Coach Driscoll t- kind of talked about a little bit is which one, like, which of these teams um, finished the season playing great basketball. Now, sometimes, once again, that's an anomaly because Villanova didn't finish the season playing good basketball and Villanova's still in it. So I know th- it. there is no rhyme or reason of teams advancing or not. And this is what will make basketball such a, a great sport. I mean, we see Cinderella stories every single year. But what I feel like is we haven't seen, and maybe I'm wrong, but like I can't remember a time where all these favorites have been bounced out so early. Um, and to me, that's the, that's the crazy thing about this tournament. Yeah, and by the way, big one going on right now. Gonzaga's up by four of Oklahoma, but Gonzaga is the real favorite. Like Gonzaga yeah. feels like Alabama this year. Baylor's but, very good too, yeah. but Gonzaga feels like they are a notch above. Gonzaga's been Gonzaga, and Gonzaga's yeah. had good teams before. And I've picked Gonzaga to win it, and then they disappoint. Heck, they lose. I think in a championship game, maybe the Final Four, even a couple times. But Gonzaga always feels like, okay, this could be the year. This could be the year. They're no longer that Cinderella they were for the first five, seven, eight years. Well, this even feels magnified. Like, mm. they really feel like a Goliath this mm. year. They have just been so good. And we're going to find out because they're only up by four right now against Oklahoma. It's a good test for Gonzaga. And if Gonzaga starts to struggle and goes down, well, then I don't know who the, what the heck to tell you the rest of this tournament. <laughs> how, how many teams right now do you have in the Sweet 16? Oh, boy, I have to look. And, um, now that they just lost Iowa, too, I probably have... I think I had knocked out six of them. You have six teams in the Sweet 16 still? Uh, I'll have to check. Okay. I'll have to okay. check. I think okay. I knocked out six. I think I had more than that left. No, I'm saying, like, where do you sit right now? How many teams do you have in the Sweet 16? Yeah, I got to okay. check. I got to check. All right. Uh, so I'll, I'll bring out the bracket. I know what, I know this. I'll tell you. Here's, here's what sums it up. My mascot bracket on day one. <laughs> day one. Yeah. I went 12 and 4. Yeah. My real bracket? I yeah. went eight and eight. There you go, man. <laughs> Say no more. And then day two, I lost Texas, my national champ. Yeah, yeah. So, that sums up my bracketology. I mean, it is unbelievable. Um, but but makes for a great tournament. We'll talk about it more does. of it. How mad? I, I've got to tell you, I was legitimately mad I lost Texas. Like yeah. mad. Yeah. Like like so much so mad that I was glad Illinois lost for all you people that picked Illinois yeah. because I wanted you to feel some pain. Sure. Like I'm not that guy usually, but that's I, it was that better. Was, yeah, it was 18 it, hours later, and I was still pissed off about it. It was bittersweet for me because I had Illinois <laughs> win the whole thing, but you know it's Illinois, so we're yeah, all good. So it was bittersweet for me. But I'm, I'm a little upset with Cal uh, Santa Barbara because on Saturday I decided to place a little bit of a wager. We'll call it a 10-team parlay, if you will. Had Florida State winning, had Colorado winning, had Kansas winning, had Michigan winning, had Alabama winning, had USC winning, had Iowa winning, had LSU covering by uh, minus four. That covered. Had Ohio beating Virginia. The only team that didn't help me out in my 10-team parlay was a last-second four-foot bank shot missed by – Santa Barbara, that cost me the whole thing. Yeah, and they, they got a good look there, too. Yeah. No, I didn't really lose any money off it because it was a couple bucks. I mean, 
What was the return on that though? Like not that was it was uh, like plus it was, what? It was plus seven thousand eight hundred. <clears throat> plus seven thousand eight hundred, and you came a three footer away from hitting. On yeah. It. Now keep in mind, like Ohio didn't play till later that night, so yeah, I was still yeah. like. But then I watched the Ohio game. I'm like, well, there, there you go. Yeah. Thanks, Santa Barbara. And I, th- I thought Santa Barbara was gonna be the shoe in. Like I'm like, there's no Coons, way. Man. You guys love Creighton. those bets. We love them, man. <laughs> well, they, <laughs> but here's the problem with that bet to me. I'd be so mad I only put five bucks on it. No, no, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> like, a ten team far away now. I know, but it's like but if you get it plus seventy eight hundred. Give me the hundred. Put a hundred yeah, on it. No, I hear you. But here's how I was approaching. I'm like, well, my final four. Big. I was like, my final four is pretty much busted. So I was like, well, I gotta keep this interest and keep watching on Saturday. I'm like, well, let's put down a little wager here on a ten team parlay so that way I can watch throughout the whole day. And then of course Santa Barbara loses kind of like I think it was like three o'clock or four o'clock, so that killed it. But it we, is uh, what it is. We uh, Friday night put a bunch of bets in and didn't do very well. So then Saturday we're like, okay, we got to get back to even. Let's just put a bunch of stuff. We were betting like first half over-unders. Oh, wow. Over. Oh, you were in Tampa. That's yeah, right. You guys are degenerates. And, and, and obviously alcohol was involved. So yeah, yeah. we got 12 wrong in a row. Heck, I feel <laughs> that, that should be a bet in itself. <laughs> if you get 12 wrong in a row, yeah, that should right, pay out for on. something. That should pay out for That's something. Pay out That's something. impressive, Coos, 12 in a row. Just do the opposite I'll of tell you what, I could have been drunk and picked a better bracket. Oh, man, me tone. <laughs> Who you tone? <laughs> My bracket's drunk. Yeah. I'm just going to we're not considered experts in this thing. Could you imagine being a, like an expert and I don't know. I don't think the experts even can be experts sure, this year. Sure, but like I don't know. Like people get paid to to talk about this. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And it's like it's yeah. wild. It, the funny thing is, this is what you love, though. Seriously, if you don't take yeah. take what you're picking, this is so crazy now, and everybody's all over the place in their bracket that it's really enjoyable to watch all the upsets. Like we like the upsets. It's 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 crazy about. Just whether it's a movie, whether it's a, a sporting event, if you don't have a sincere rooting interest, you love the upsets. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Ty loves the upsets. I, I got texts in my national championship. I almost pu- had to punch him <laughs> on the couch <laughs> because – Hey, careful now. The courts can use that against you. Yeah, that's true. He's it's almost a radio. Uh, that's but, a good point. That's a good point. I mean, he said they're rooting for Abilene Christian yeah. against my national champ. Yeah, yeah. I had to throw him out of the house. Yeah. But then – so then, see, karma gets you, man. Yeah. Because he's a gator. And he's rooting for Florida, and they got the 15 seed that knocks off Florida, so the 15 feed goes, seed goes to the Sweet 16, which is which is the ultimate upset. Pick. I know, but see, I'm all for the underdogs and the Cinderella stories, and I wasn't cheering for Florida because why, why would I cheer for Florida? I'll be honest with you, I have, I have no allegiance to the SEC; it doesn't really matter to me. But I, I'm not a I'm not an Oral Roberts supporter. I'll be, I'll be uh, honest with you because I just. I can't take your name seriously. Oh, okay. It's nothing to do with Murray State. No, No, nothing to do with Murray State whatsoever. I just can't take your name seriously. And... I can't take your... your, your I mean, like, you look at that crowd and it's like, I don't know, where are they from again? Uh, Tulsa, I think. Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. I just... I can't take Oral Roberts seriously. If I see Oral Roberts in the... in the Elite Eight or the Final Four, heaven forbid, I don't know what I would do, Brent. I really don't know. Yeah, I, uh... Listen, Oral Roberts tonight's story. We'll talk a little bit about the Gators, talk about the Knowles coming up later tonight. Uh, and we'll talk more about March Madness. Yeah. Listen, it's it's a fun thing. Kind of like the Monday. Yeah, you forgot about Monday, and it's like going on right now. Yeah. I, I seriously forgot about the opening tip. I, I thought it was going to be a little bit later on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got another full day of uh, hoops, and it's really an incredible tournament. There's nothing like it in sports, I say. It's the most unpredictable thing we have in sports. Yeah. I, I think, unless I'm missing something. But it feels like the most unpredictable thing that we have. Hey, uh, 
the last year has been super unpredictable when it comes to sports. The NFL draft did not happen. It was a virtual event. Instead, it is happening in Cleveland. They're going to make it work. It's cool. Uh, is that a big deal? Uh, the, the the virtual drafts seem like a pretty big hit. You know, there are a yeah, lot of good things we'll to see it. coaches' houses. Well, and I think we're going to see elements of that, right? Yeah. I think we'll see elements of that. But isn't it a nice sign, I think, of kind of moving forward over the last year that the NFL is saying, hey, we think we could pull off the draft in Cleveland. I, I think that's a – I kind of felt like the NFL at times would lead the way on this. If you go back to last year's conversations, I said – as long as there's football on Sunday, I think things will feel somewhat normal. Mm-hmm. Like they'll have a normalcy to it. If there wasn't football on Sunday, we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. That's how much of a leader I thought in our in our kind of society, in our sports world. Uh, again, for the non-sports fans, this isn't for you, but for you wouldn't be listening to me right now anyway. Uh, <laughs> the, so Probably not. So Sundays, it, to, that gave us some sense of normalcy. We could play fantasy football. You could wager with a buddy. You could, you could watch your favorite team. Sunday's at one, Sunday's at four, Sunday nights, all those things. Mm-hmm. Well, here football is again, and it feels like they're helping us get back to normalcy with the draft. It's going to be on location. We know it's not going to be virtual. That seems like it's a bit of a window inside what we could expect in the fall in open stadiums and full full house uh, capacity. Yeah, I mean, if you're asking from the fans' perspective or even my perspective, like it doesn't really make a difference to me. I know it means something to the players because, right, everyone wants to rock their new shoes and yeah. everything. Um, yeah. You know, everyone wants to, you know, put on their flyest outfit and give Raj Goodell a hug, even though it's it's always been crazy. Why you do that? Because two years later, you're upset with him over the CBA <laughs> yes. and like you hate him. But it's all good. Go ahead and give Raj Goodell a hug if you want. This to. is gonna hurt sweatpant manufacturers <laughs> for sure. <laughs> They're definitely gonna take a hit. Um, I'm sure New Era is going to be pumped up because now their, their draft day hats are going to be you know presented and all that good stuff. I think it's great. I think it's great for the optics, Brent. Once again, it's not really for me, but it's for the NFL where it's like, hey, we're we're one step closer closer to having normalcy again. Not to say that you know, I mean, they did the best they could last year, but it wasn't the usual NFL season, right? There's a lot of things that were different. Having the draft in person, I assume there's going to be a, like a restricted crowd there, probably a there are, limited yeah. crowd, so they're still going to boo Raj Goodell, which is great. So you're still going to have a restricted crowd there, but it's going to feel more like it has in the past. And I think that's what you're looking forward to now. It's progress. And having the draft in person, seeing all the players live, um, and getting all those cool interviews and all that stuff, like that's one more, that's one step closer uh, to, to progress, I guess. Yeah, and progress. I, I, do too, I see that as a little bit of that. Uh, you know, there will be protocols in place. There will be a restricted amount of fans, a restricted amount of uh, even players in attendance. I don't think mm-hmm. they'll have their normal amount, and they'll probably check with who wants to be there. And I did. I don't know how restricted the media is. I mean, quite frankly, we've been to the draft every year. We've been allowed to be at the draft. We are planning a draft special on yep. TV. We'll Brent's have, trying to get his credentials in right uh, now. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't checked that because it just came down today. But I don't know if like like the Masters we usually go to yeah. haven't been able to go the last this one included coming up or last one because it's restricted media. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if we'll be allowed to go to the draft. Although I kind of hope so, but sure. I don't know. So there will be some restrictions is my point. I just feel like that it feels like a significant moment toward, hey, we're going to get back to some normalcy as we look at the later end of the summer and into the fall. Uh, and I don't know if that's reality. Maybe it's kind of a false pretense here, but uh, it feels that way. So we'll see. And and you know what? 
in a way, don't you want the draft to be as normal as possible, especially this year if you're a Jaguars fan? Don't you want to see Trevor Lawrence walk across that stage sure. as a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars with the number one pick, the Jaguars on the clock when that draft coverage starts? Like there's something special about this year's draft when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have the number one pick. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence. That's special. And by the way, they have 11 picks, so they're going to, their name's going to be called a lot. Yeah. But I, I, you almost – you want to see all that come to fruition, and you want it to be almost as normal as possible to relish in that. I, I think fans want that. I, I do think fans appreciate that and kind of look forward to that. Oh, it's going to be normal, Brent. It's going to be as normal as possible. I, I can't wait till the pick is in with the first pick overall, and all of a sudden they go to, <laughs> and then till they go to the NFL Play 60 commercial, and there's little <laughs> kids running around my screen, and all of a sudden, oh, I'm on pick number two. Here's the highlights from Trevor Lawrence. He, sh- he gives Roger Goodell a hug, and there he goes. I can't wait for it, man. A tradition like no other. Well, with all I, due respect to the Masters. You know, we've talked about this before. Why do people go to the draft? Would you go to the draft someone like trevor lawrence you'd think would go to the draft now he's very humble uh he doesn't seek the spotlight i still think he goes to the draft do you think there's any chance he just hangs out at home in cartersville georgia did you see his shoes though that he wore for his pro day he's going to the draft yeah you see see the cleats that he wore yeah those dunks yeah he's he's going to the draft yeah you don't you don't i I get you're humble and everything but you don't wear the dunks uh for your pro day and then not go to the draft yeah i I think he's going to the draft yeah uh and and by the way like if i'm his marketing it's a it's a good marketing um plan is to be at that draft that's more exposure for you for whatever you're signed up with potentially or whoever i mean that's um it's a big deal he'll be there i I think so too i mean we don't know but i would think uh, trevor lawrence will be there and the Jaguars will be ready to take him at uh, number one. What's What's more interesting, guys like Christian Barmore say yeah. they were to pick him or Kadarius Tony or you name it at 25. I, I'm not yeah. suggesting who they're going to pick. I'm just naming names that have been on mock drafts. And there's a really good chance that those guys aren't there because they may limit the field. They may only say, hey, the top 20 or so picks yeah. rather than yeah. 40 or so picks, or whatever the number they usually put on that. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, that – I don't know what you're going to do for that. I don't know if you go, like, because usually it's like what? I mean, usually you have to do, like, top 40, like, first, second I, round. I don't know the number is, where they but cut that But there's a bunch of second-round picks sometimes that yeah, get what up they there. Never, well, yeah, some slip. Yeah. What they never want to really tell you is, is like, Jawan Taylor went in the second round, right? Correct. Okay, well, he was there. Of course, man. Yeah. I remember his fashion. Yeah. He had so, the shoes, yeah. What they... They probably don't want to tell you is how many people deny them and say no to them, so they never really put a number on it. Yeah, you know, it's, we're gonna have forty here, mm-hmm. and we're gonna get forty, even if four guys say no, we're gonna replace them. I don't think they do that. I think there's no rhyme or reason to that. Say you were a first round pick, uh, a guaranteed first round pick. Would you go to New York? Oh, well, it's not New York, that's in Cleveland. Cleveland. But like, well, would you go live in person, or would you do your own thing? No, I'd go live. Okay. I'd be a part of it. Okay. I think it is cool, especially if you're the number one pick. I think See, it's cool. I think it's cool, but I also think it's cool like when Joe Thomas from Wisconsin got drafted Absolutely. and he was on a, like a fishing charter and he didn't even know he got drafted yeah. until he got off it. I'm a like, spotlight cool. seeker. I hear you. Uh, I mean, you're in the profession for it. <laughs> yeah. Not on this show, but I mean, yeah, this show too, but obviously the other side of things. I, I, do, I, think, uh, I think I would, though. I, I okay. think I'd try to enjoy every part of that. But I do believe the NFL wants to embrace what they learned last year was some of that virtual stuff was cool. Yeah. So I, I think we will see feature. We're going to see this blend. And the NFL's smart enough. Whoever's producing it, they'll put it together. There's this blend of in-person mm-hmm. and also uh, the virtual element of people's houses and, uh, you know, we we'll, we could probably get some real fun stuff that way, and I think we did last year. But I think now that we've seen it, people will piggyback off that yeah. and have more creativity 
in what they're doing. I mean, from Belichick to the dog to who was it? Uh, Vrabel that had like the didn't they have like the super like the hero guy in the background oh, or something? Oh yeah, he had a bunch of weird stuff yeah. going on at his so, house. Um, we'll see more of that. Is my point? Was it? I think Harbaugh had like a bunch of birdhouses. Is that what John Harbaugh had birdhouses? Who's <laughs> NBA draft? You didn't draft in first round. Would you go? Of course. I feel like you got to the NBA though. Isn't that like an, that's like an NBA tradition? You, regardless if you go first, second, I feel like second round guys. You know what's really interesting to me? I always see that NBA guys look so weird in suits. Oh yeah, because they're not the biggest. Well, I mean they're, they're so broad. They're, they're tall, but they're they're lanky yeah, usually. But they don't yeah. like NFL guys who are big. Yeah. Look good in suits. Yeah. NBA guys like Michael Jordan does not look good in a suit. Well, he looks no nah, man because you saw him like back. In the, well, because that was the fashion back then. Well, that's that was true. The, it was the baggy suits. Yeah, Nobody looked good suit. in that type of suit. I I want yeah I guess maybe that is it. Maybe I have that kind of in my vision. Yeah, I always picture Michael Jordan in the suit. N- nothing was tailored that like back then. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, Jags free agents talked uh, once again. I want to ask you a question today about positions that the Jags have done well in over the years and not well. And tight end obviously will come to mind. But yeah. I, I mean, I'll go deeper than that in what the Jaguars have have to go get and have to get better at if they're going to be a successful franchise. Uh, and what have they done pretty well at in the past? So we'll talk about that coming up, too. I was curious what what Kevin Durant looked like in his draft day, because he's obviously very yeah. tall and very lanky, but not that bad. I it mean, look bad. Given the circumstances back then, he actually had it tailored a little I bit. I mean, what is that? Is that like a 56 long? <laughs> Like, how do you, I mean, that must be the ultimate Taylor job as an NBA guy. Like, it's 56 long and, like, a, a, a like waist a of 32. chest or whatever. I know, man. I mean, the dude couldn't bench press 135. Imagine what that chest is. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. It's Shock Your Mock Day. Debut oh, guess what, too? I had to make it a theme song. Get you ready did? for it. I made oh, a theme song. Oh, man, I can't wait. Yeah. I don't even know when it's coming up. Yep. But you'll have to listen on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. But we could really take this show off the rails if we wanted to go all, like, half politics, half sports. Austin Lane. I mean, have you been on Twitter lately? That's, do, you, do you want 100000 extra $100,000? Do you want a scholarship? Let's go. <laughs> politics. we get back here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, I think it's just the camaraderie that we have with, with each other and um, just the, the leader that he is. You know, obviously his, his offense... Um, it, you know, kind of speaks to itself, speaks for itself, um, you know, with the success that he's had since he's been in the league. And it's just a fun offense. It's a fun offense where I could go inside, go outside, do a, a lot of things that, you know, I didn't do before, you know, having before having this offense. So um, it's a lot of stuff that, that you could do. And um, it's, I, I think it's, it's, it fits perfect for me. So. You got two options here. I'm good. There's a couple, right? Or not? No. Two options. Two. Why do you say two? Just go ahead. Okay. Kenny Galladay. No. Uh, that is either Philip Dorsett or Marvin Jones. I'm going to say it's uh, Philip Dorsett. Nope. Dang it. It's Marvin it's Jones. Marvin Jones. It's Marvin Jones. Yep. That's, that's I, my point. I shifted at the that's end. That's my point. <laughs> Your point. It's it's Kenny Galladay. Hey, you served it, <laughs> and then it was to me. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So you had to serve, and it came back to me for my second guess, Marvin Jones? I'll, uh, I'll give you that. That's fine. Since I'm so far ahead of you. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm not sure about game. that. I don't... It's a bloodbath. It's not a bloodbath. <laughs> keep in mind, sir, you were gone for like five days. And in those five days, Coos, tell him, <laughs> tell him, Coos, I was killing 20. it. I was killing him. No, man. Uh, was I was like, oh, Robert's shooting the ball. Yeah, yeah boy. 
Hey, uh, Philip Dorsett yep. and Marvin Jones, what do they do for the Jags offense, in your opinion? Yeah, you know, obviously I'm focused on Marvin Jones a little more than Philip Dorsett, just because, you know, as far as the what we have to go off with Philip Dorsett, he was out last year. So I think Marvin Jones... You know, I, I'm really curious because we don't know how they feel about LaVisca Chanel. Now, obviously, we know that they, they're intrigued by him. and He's going to be the gadget guy. But, but do you see LaVisca as the two receiver, Brent, going forward? Or do you think they're going to ease him into it? That's a good question. Because that's where my... I, I feel like that's an interesting deal. He does so many different things. It's like I don't label him that. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I would say Marvin Jones coming in with the amount of touchdowns he's caught in the last few years, coming off a 76-catch season, I believe it was, as a career high, yeah. and you just gave him that kind of money. I got to believe he's your number two receiver. I think DJ Chark is still your, your number one guy, and if they want to kind of push it as 1A, 1B, that's fine too. But I think those are the top two guys going into this. Yeah. And then I think Chenault is – is that Swiss Army knife so much that he can be the one receiver, two receiver, three receiver, four receiver on any given play? Sure. You know what I mean? No, no, I got you. And, like, I say two receiver, not as opposed to, like, is he X, is he a Y, you know, is he yeah. – I, I just mean oh, – You know that better than me. I, no, I, I'm just I saying – he might like, be a running back at times. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> so, no, I'm just trying to say, like, if DJ Chark's double-teamed, and you have to go someplace else. You go to Marvin Jones. You go to Marvin Jones. Yeah. Okay, so then, yeah. I think you I, go to, I think, sorry to interrupt, but I think you, you go to Chenault on designed plays almost. Sure. I don't know if he, sure, he can be, a, anybody can be a bailout guy, but yeah. I think you're designing certain looks to get him in space to go one-on-one with a guy because he breaks that tackle yeah. because he, I think he was tied for the league lead in broken tackles from the receiver position last year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to bring him down. Yep. So that's why I would say, yeah, on a typical play, everybody's running their routes. I'm looking at DJ Shark, and then I'm going to Marvin Jones to okay. answer your question. Yeah. And that's fair. Um, yeah, I think Marvin Jones is going to be a huge part of this offense, obviously. He brings experience. Um, he brings savviness. Uh, you know, the the, the dude had a, a quite the career in Detroit. When we talk about Dorsett, you know, Dorsett's more – I keep going back to what Urban Meyer said about speed, about speed, about speed. And, and when you look at Urban Meyer's track record in college of what he loved to do on offense, like you had that vertical threat. Like you, you take the you take the top off and you run verticals. Um, can Dorsett be that guy? I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not ready to sit here and say I think Dorsett's going to be the guy that takes the top off and, and good luck keeping up with him. I just qu- can't quite say that on him because I haven't seen a, a lot the past couple years. I think that if you can go back to what he was – they can definitely be that guy, but that comes with well, is he is he 100 percent ready to go? He says that he is, and this is a guy that ran you know a four three three at the combine and supposedly like a four two five at his pro day. So the guy's got speed on top of speed. Can he be that reliable threat to take the top off? We'll see. But I think that's what Urban Meyer envisions when you bring Philip Dorsett in here. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, can Marvin Jones play that role at the age he's at? I mean, I don't know. I don't no, think they no, feel like he's lost a step. I mean, he's four four guy. I mean, he is. Um, and with all due respect to Marvin Jones, but I don't think of like the the trailblazer that can like take the top off of it where he's at in his career right now. Yeah. I, I think he's a fantastic pe- pass catcher. I think he's a route runner, and he can be like a like a red zone threat. But as far as the guy that's going to beat you with speed, and I get what the, the numbers say. But I don't get that vibe with Marvin Jones. Yeah, that's what's interesting. I think yeah. it's hard to pigeonhole. I think we all envision, obviously, everybody when you say this envisions Tyreek Hill. You can envision Tyreek Hill. You envision uh, Deshaun Jackson when in his prime. Yeah. You know, like just. 
it, yeah, and, and I, that's a good one because can Deshaun Jackson still do that at his age, the no. way he did it before? The answer to that is probably no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and keep in mind, here, here's the thing people forget. People love, like, 4-4 four, is a number that everybody loves. Everybody runs it. Yeah. Everybody runs a 4-4 four, four now, you know? Yeah. And, and that's not factual, but you, I'm, I'm dramatizing it for you know, to, to just punctuate my point. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of – used to be a big deal to run a 4-4. Correct. In the NFL now, it's not as big a deal because so many guys run in the four threes, and shoot, some guys are now sniffing four twos. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. I mean, and that's legit. Like, people are doing and, – and then there's always the curiosity of how much does that shift the game speed and what do you play like with pads on yep. and, and everything else. So, uh, listen, the bottom line is Urban Meyer wanted to get faster. Mm-hmm. Dorsett, fast. Marvin Jones, pretty fleet of foot. They got faster. Yeah. Are they still like, oh, my goodness, look out, we're fast? I don't think so. I don't think they do that. I don't think they're going to scare the heck out of you. You know, the Jags have played – who was the guy from Oakland? Was it was when they were Oakland? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, um, I know him. He's got a long name. Uh, from Maryland, right? I think so. Um Oh, but he was just like an okay receiver. Yeah, Devon, um, But even Ramsey, uh, I think when he hooked up with him, was like, I got to respect that guy's speed. Like, he's that fast. Yeah. I think Ramsey on. had said, I think it was the Oakland guy that we're talking about. I can't about. believe I can't get Darius Hayward Bay. Okay, yeah, there yeah. you go. But he's like, from Maryland. And Hayward Bay was disappointing, right? Sure. I think this was the one I'm thinking about with Ramsey. But if not, it was somebody. But it was just like this okay receiver from a production standpoint. It wasn't like this all-pro receiver, like look out like Tyreek Hill, like that matchup we're talking about. Sure. Instead, it was like, hey, but I got to worry about that speed. The Jags still don't feel like they have that guy. You know? No, and then I agree with you there. And like you said, though, there's track speed and then there's football speed. Um, and just because you have speed doesn't mean you're going to be a great wide receiver. Like John Ross says what's up from Cincinnati. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Then he set the record. Yeah. And by the way, Oakland like and the, the Raiders as an organization have made a living of at course. proving that just because you're fast doesn't mean you're good. Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. But when you have a guy like John Ross. I mean, Ross, even Ruggs was just okay last year. True. True. Now, I mean, he was a rookie, so we'll see what happens. I know, but, no, but, but he's just I, okay. No, and, like, I think you could be, like, uh, Hollywood Brown as well. I think know. he's a speedster, but, like, you know, he kind of had an okay season last year. But that's the point. You know, I mean, you you can put up these blazing fast numbers and have track speed, but can you put it all together on the field? Now, I think DK Metcalf can do that. We saw DK Metcalf run down a guy from, like, yeah. 50 yards out. He's he, He's a fast individual, but he's football fast as well. And I think that's what Urban Meyer is obviously trying to get. Now, is Marvin Jones football fast? I think he's enough. Um, is Dorsett football fast? I mean, I hope he can show us something. But do do they have that guy like a Deshaun Jackson that can take the top off? I'm not quite sure yet. Maybe that comes in the draft. Well, keep in mind. So what am I getting at here? I'm trying to find out, did any of these acquisitions make their offense more dynamic? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think they got a little bit better. But I'm not like, Wow. If I'm being completely honest, mm-hmm. and, you know, Chris Conley is not going to be in Jacksonville. He said his goodbye today. I mean, he's he's not re-signing with the Jags. Keelan Cole is with the Jets. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Marvin Jones is, I think, better than those guys. Correct. But not light years. Like not like changing the offense kind of better to me. Is that me? Is that I just don't know enough about Marvin Jones? I mean, I mean does he, he just, he's what, coming from I, Detroit, remember, so he didn't get a lot of love just watching the Lions week in, week out. Does he change their offense 
Does he make their offense dangerous because they signed him to this deal? Does Marvin Jones make this Jaguars offense dangerous? I think if you're a defensive coordinator right now and you're prepping for the Jaguars, last year was we got to stop DJ Chark, yep. and that's it. And and I get it, LaVisca Chenault was doing yeah, you know, we'll crazy things. Else. And like, yeah, Colin Johnson's tall, we'll see with him. Tight end, eh, you know. I think this year when defenses are trying to game plan for the Jaguars, yes, you still take into account DJ Chark. I'm not sure what the numbers were last year. Not as good as 2000 and it would have been 19, but it doesn't really matter. You still got to take into account DJ Chark. And now you got a game plan for Marvin Jones too. Like I, th- I think he's still that good of a wide receiver where he comes up on the board and saying, "How do we stop this guy?" As yeah. Well? Okay, that's so, good. That's good. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not trying to slight. Like I'm not uh, discrediting the signing of yeah. Marvin Jones. I like the signing, but there are different levels of, of when guy. Like if you signed Galladay potentially, yeah. you could. I mean, as an 18 million dollar a year guy. You could say, okay, that guy has a chance to change our offense if he does this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is there are a lot of ifs with Galladay, too, and I think that's why teams stayed away from him. I think this is a safer pick, a safer signing in, in Marvin Jones. I just don't know if he absolutely changes what you're doing. I think he makes you a bit better. But he, he does, does he make you dynamic and more dynamic than you already were? That, that will be seen. See, I think with Marvin Jones, I think he's been a hell of a receiver when someone else has played alongside of him, like a Kenny Gowdy. Yeah. I think when Kenny Gowdy got hurt, obviously Jones got more targets and got more yards. But when you put him with the pressure as being the, the go-to one receiver, then teams can double up on him. That's not his style. Yeah. I think that if he can go and Kinda play like with DJ. Exactly. I think if you can go play with DJ Chark and now you have, like you said, the 1A, 1B, that helps both DJ Chark and Marvin Jones. So really this signing, like we talked about when they brought in um, uh, Shaq Griffin from Seattle, helping out the young guy in C.J. Henderson, to me this signing also helps D.J. Chark because now it takes some pressure off of him as well. Yeah, that's a good call. And by the way, add a 31-year-old to a room, a young room, and so you get a veteran experience in there mm-hmm. uh, to hopefully make a difference as well. I mean, this is a 31-year-old guy, so he needs to make an impact this year and next year on this deal. He's not going to be here probably much longer than that. So uh, – It'll be interesting to see the impact Marvin Jones makes on that room, on this team. Because I like their wide receiver room. I do. Yeah. But, again, you're talking about do you even need to be that much more dynamic because now you have a dynamic quarterback throwing them the football. That's yeah. a fair question, right? Yeah. Haven't had that around here. I'm just, I'm just getting ready for that classic Marvin Jones game where he has, like, four touchdowns in one game. It seems to happen every single year. <laughs> where, where, the, where the guy goes off for, like, four touchdowns out of nowhere. I'll take it. Fantasy That'd football fans good. rejoice. Let's get South Beach Gary in before we take a break uh, here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Your bracket is busted, South Beach Gary. Hey, guys. No, actually, you didn't play one, but i got to say, Austin, you – you kind of got what you deserve not picking Wisconsin to win at least one game. Okay. Yeah. I guess uh, I, I guess we can call it the Isaiah Wilson effect. That's what you get for signing a guy who had a problem <laughs> willing the team to wish him happy birthday. What's up, Dolphins? Touchy, isn't he, Brent? <laughs> Touchy? Nah, man. Hey, I, I just come back, man. Hey, this clapback season up in here. We're all good, though. <laughs> Temper, temper, you give yourself an attack of apoplexy there, Austin. <laughs> All right. Hey, sure hey, hey Brent, where would you put, the, with the passing of Elgin Baylor, where would you rank Elgin Baylor in the legacy? Top 25 in NBA history? Oh, that's a good call. Uh, I was thinking uh, of that when I saw the passing at age 86. Thanks, South Beach Gary. Appreciate it. Uh, and I, listen, he's 86. I don't have that great recollection of that era, uh, but 
I would probably say, yeah, that's a good, uh, I'd say in the top 25. That's what I was thinking. I was trying to think of how high you could put him when I saw that he passed. And I knew this conversation would come up probably across the country. Um, I don't know if he lives in the top 15. I think he's, I, what I first thought was he sometimes gets forgotten, Elgin Baylor. Yeah. You know, with all the greats. Uh, and uh, he is one of the greats. So uh, I'd have to look a deep dive at the numbers to, to see where. He absolutely stacks up, whether that is in that top 15. Does he crack the top 20? But I think top 25 would be a safe bet for sure um, when it comes to Elgin Baylor uh, pass at the age of 86. So not better than Larry Bird. Okay. Okay, Austin Lynch. Okay. I, I'm, I can't I'm, get that high. I, I'm not going to go there today. <laughs> right, I'm going to pay the guy his respect. We're, not, we're not going on that but road. But he's not. No, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I know a lot more about Larry Bird than I do Elgin Blaine. Yeah, so. again, you're talking about an era of, you know, right next to those great Celtics teams with all those great players. Yeah. You know, and I do think some, uh, you know, a uh, uh, guy that's uh, become a good friend here in town and, and former Celtic great is Sam Jones. And he played in that era, and he is underrated in mm-hmm. that era. So you have underrated players that, I mean, Sam Jones, the career he had, he was a top 50 Hall of Famer when they did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but, I mean, Elgin Baylor had a storied career. Yeah. So uh, I think top 25 probably good. I'd, I'd have to go back and look. Like I said, uh, I'm kind of just talking off the, the cuff here. Yeah. But uh, I think that would be fair to put him in the top 25. Um, I'd love to know what others would think of that. I'm going to now go look up a list. Can you just imagine waking up this morning and saying, I'm going to call the SPN 690 and make fun of Wisconsin to Austin <laughs> and then not expect me to retaliate with the Isaiah Wilson signing from Miami? You think he gets another shot? I don't know, man. I, I feel bad for guys like Isaiah Wilson because I feel like we've seen it before. Someone's just got to take that guy. But, I mean, I guess Miami tried to do that. That's why they like, go. Well, they tried him, it. But... This is a guy in Flores that my guess is when they signed him said, hey, I can I can help this kid. Yeah, he's come from right? patriot culture. Um, and, and they quickly learned that they can't. He doesn't want the help was kind of the phrasing of that. Yeah. And so it immediately I think of a guy like Justin Blackman, you know, a guy that's probably super talented but is in a bad place has real issues and it doesn't look like you're going to be safe. You're going to have a chance to save him. And uh, he's wasting away these years, you know, and and hopefully he finds, you know, a good place, but he he can't be in a good place for the dolphins to have signed him and given up on him this quickly. They didn't even see him in the building. I don't think. Yeah. I I mean, obviously the guy's got some, I think deep issues and he's those didn't get addressed before he plays football again, in my opinion. Yeah. But do you think, I mean, he's a heck of a talent, Brent. Like, the, Big time talent. The guy got drafted where he got drafted for a reason. Do you think the Jaguars take a look at it? Like, w- no. Would you want to? You, no. no, you're just going to watch your hands I don't, of it. That's one thing. Like, I thought about that. It's like, okay, well, the Jags, uh, you know, you can get super value. Well, right now, based off what Miami just did, I don't think anybody is. Yeah. But I don't think in this regime right now to get off, I don't think they need to be doing that stuff. Sure. See what you got. Get everybody to buy in. And once you feel like people are bought in, then you can take risks on guys like that. But not at the outset of this thing. That's yeah. like next year when you feel like you've got established leadership and you feel like you can take somebody on that might have some questions, whether it's Isaiah Wilson or somebody else. Yeah. It's not for right now. Not when you're trying to set the tone. You don't set the tone with guys like Isaiah Wilson. No. It doesn't appear like in the locker room. And I don't disagree with you. All right. We'll say. be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 69. We'll give you an update on the Monday March Madness. 
was a no-brainer for me. Once I saw Coach Mara become the head coach here, had good years with Coach Mara at Ohio State. And um, honestly, I've been waiting for Coach Mara to become a head coach in the NFL. And, uh, you know, he's finally here. So it was a no-brainer for me to come to Jacksonville once I saw he became the head coach here. No-brainer. Had to play for Coach Meyer. Free agent for the Jaguars. So that's... I'm going Carlos Hyde. Very good. Let's go. See, as first I've heard of that, I slept through the uh, presser today. Oh, there you go, Brent. You asked some questions today? You, you, you've been asking some good questions. <laughs> you have been. Yeah, whatever, huh? I just slept through Carlos Hyde's. Oh. <laughs> Gosh. Are you still... I mean, you're, you're still a little bitter, to be honest. I really don't care. Are you expect to get a, kind of a fun do, thing. Do, do you want me to get an apology? Nah. Okay. I hey. don't really care. Hey, just just give me a little wink if you want me to to threaten <laughs> Carlos Hyde at training camp. <laughs> hey, Carlos, we'll talk to you real quick. I don't even really. I think you'll make you'll bring an apology. I don't over remember here. even interviewing Carlos too many times in the locker room. I, th- I remember like maybe a time or two. I, I I think he was over near Calais's locker and Fournette's locker, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Gosh, I've been in a locker room in forever. What's a locker room, Brent? You know, that's where we're at right now. I don't know if we'll see him. You think we're gonna go in this year? I, well, I, I mean, think, I'm not, but you, you know, you. Yeah, I think so. Cool. I do think so. We'll cool. we'll find out. Hey, uh, is there anything like the NCAA tournament as for, in terms of unpredictability? Like I would say, I, I, I mean, you know, know wrestling. I, thought of, well, yeah. I, I thought of, not wrestling. No college. Re- hey, man. Oh. I mean, college wrestling. Well, I was you just you think in your sport? Oh, MMA. Yeah, that I mean, too. There's a lot. There's a level of unpredictability there, there right? I mean, yeah. the favorites don't always win. No, for sure. You're absolutely right. I was trying to say college wrestling before you bit my head off. Uh, yeah, and, but, and, I, and I think college wrestling deserves that too. Did you? You didn't watch any of them. That's fine. I did. You know, I mean, I like that I you watch it. that though. It's a, like dude, you're locked in. It's a, I'm so locked. I'd probably watch more of that than the the basketball just because my bracket was shot. But you have guys like Shane. You know, Shane Griffith is probably no. not. Shane Griffith. You want to talk about the best story in sports over the weekend? With all due respect to Oral Roberts, uh, Shane Griffith was a wrestler at Stanford. Well, Stanford canceled their wrestling program, right? And even though they they raised, I think it was twelve million dollars. Like the the booster clubs raised twelve million dollars for the Stanford wrestling program. Wow. But they said no. And that, like, on average, it costs like eight hundred thousand dollars a year to run the wrestling program. But Stanford didn't want to go through that because Title Nine and all that stuff. So they said no more wrestling program. So Shane Griffith goes to the tournament as an eight seed, beats the one seed in the semifinals, goes to the finals and wins it. And by the way, you know the singlet that they wear? Yeah. It was black because he wasn't going to represent Stanford because they didn't have his back. So him. he's, he's sure. wrestling for himself. And, and, and he won it. That's good that you can wrestle independent like yeah. that. Yeah. And Listen, he won a championship. I would say this all the time about. There's two things I say about wrestling, mm-hmm. and I'm talking like high school, college wrestling. Sure. Hardest sport to train for. Yes. Bar none. I would actually put swimming next, uh, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. I'm telling you. Go ahead, do it. You couldn't do it. Uh, well, I, don't, cause I, don't, I don't like to swim. I know. I mean, I'm that, just telling you. It's, hard. it's that hard. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, but I put swimming. I put uh, wrestling first. Okay. Thank okay? you. Thank you. Thank you. And also, the most underrated atmosphere you could go to as an event. You go to a high school gym. Or a okay. college gym okay. and a wrestling meet. Yeah. And the place is electric. Of course. It's electric. Yes. And, and people don't even know what the hell's going on half the time. But it's electric. Yeah. Like, it really, like, you just go to one. It's yeah. really a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> we got our college wrestling in for the day. Yeah, more on the unpredictability of uh, sport. Is March Madness the one? Or I is guess. there other things? That's coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. 
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.